Tom Sumner program. Old fashioned radio for a new generation. Oh, it's always a pleasure to be with you, Tom. You know that. Yay, Tom! I love it in Flint! You're very astute, Tom. Have an easy question. I'll debate Andy Dillon on your show. Well, oh, that's a very good question. Uh, hello, darling. This is Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, with Tom Sumner. I'm all right, Tom. How are you? You lucky thing, Mr. Ciao, Tom. How are you today? That's a good question. <laughs> Hi, this is actor-comedian Jonah Pody, and you're listening to the Tom Snyder, uh, Tom Smothers, uh, I mean, I'm sorry, what's his name? Uh, Sumner. The Tom Sumner Program. Good morning, Tom, how are you doing? Hey, at least I got the Tom part right. The Tom Sumner Program. Old-fashioned radio for a new generation. Our fellow Americans. Right now, the COVID-19 vaccines are available to millions of Americans. And soon... They will be available to everyone. The science is clear. These vaccines will protect you and those you love from this dangerous and deadly disease. They could save your life. So we urge you to get vaccinated when it's available to you. That's the first step to ending the pandemic and moving our country forward. It's up to you. The Tom Sumner Program plays host to the best political roundtable on radio every Wednesday from 10 a.m. to noon. Armchair Politics features great commentary and analysis about the headlines from local, state, and national politics with an alumni of world-class pundits, plus quotes, tweets, and those weird and wanky stories we call the X-Files. If it's Wednesday, catch Armchair Politics on the Tom Sumner Program. This is Mayor Sheldon Neely, and you're listening to The Tom Sumner Show. Hey, welcome back, everybody. As we roll into the third half of our three-hour tour, we're going to turn our attention to uh, a new book that promises to take the mystery out of money. It is called Pathway to Prosperity, Your Guide to Money and Economics by Mark Lazar, who joins me by phone. Hi, Mark. Welcome to the show. Good morning, Tom. Um, you know, for for some people, money just seems re- really complicated. Are, do we make it more complicated than it needs to be? You know, I think we do. Um, that you know, there's no mystery or magic to money. The people that I've worked with over the years um, that are successful, um, there's. If I look at the commonality, it's not that they have a graduate degree from some Ivy League university. It's not that <clears throat> they necessarily even had uh, a big six-digit paying income or salary. It's just the common sense things about money, the, the most basic things, um, you know, understanding to keep a cash reserve and understanding that you probably need to have more money coming in each month then goes out each month, and understanding basic things about where to put that money um, once you have it, um, and to be a good steward of it, and planning purchases and so forth. So it's really not complicated. Uh, and what I attempt to do in Pathway to Prosperity is is to break those things down, not just from a conceptual standpoint, but from an application standpoint. So how does somebody apply those concepts to their everyday lives, and just keeping it simple. That's the real trick, Mark. I, I remember the, the the joke by Steve Martin where he said uh, he was going to explain how to um, 
have a million dollars and never pay any taxes. And uh, he starts out by saying, first, get a million dollars. Then... <laughs> and you probably, you know, you probably understand that that joke better than most um, because of your background, raised in a blue-collar family, and and uh, you, rather than uh, becoming discouraged, you worked hard and uh, became a millionaire by uh, age forty. Yeah, um, you know, and I, I don't think that my story is unusual. Um, great parents, um, you know, dad worked in a gas station and then was laid off and then uh, went to work in a lumberyard and then was laid off and then um, ultimately got a job uh, driving a school bus and my mom was a coffee shop waitress uh, part-time. Um, and I think that was kind of a typical American family back in the day. Um, you know, and they... Great parents, they just didn't understand money, and of course, that money was never spoken about in our household. Nobody ever. It was that way for me too. To and I think that that's common. And um, so, um, you know, I, you know, growing up in that blue collar family, then my parents divorced, and then it was just my father and I. And so, what little money they had before became even less. Uh, and for many, many years, we lived in a one-bedroom studio and slept on cots, fold-out cots and sleeping bags, and did that till I was about 17. But I was never discouraged from that. Um, you know, we always had a, a roof overhead, and lights always worked, and there was always some food in the refrigerator. But I looked around at, at my friends, the, 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 my kid, the kids that I went to school with, and how their parents lived, and I... And it really made me question, what was the difference? What is it that allowed them to be financially successful while my father, who was a great dad, just struggled? And so it probably started me on this quest at a much younger age than most. And now you worked in uh, um, investment banking. Do um, you have to do that to make a lot of money I, I mean do do you have to be able to um, use your money to make money or can like a lot of people believe when they think of the American dream they just get a job that pays a wage work hard save money and eventually they can become a millionaire uh, it's the latter and that's that's a great observation and so you know I <clears throat> You know, my, my path was unusual. I um, graduated from high school after my sophomore year so that I could work full-time, and I've been working since I was 12. I uh, started out working on a friend's farm for a couple of seasons, then worked in a sporting goods store as a duck plucker, probably the world's worst job. Um, I'm a big animal <laughs> lover, and uh, my I would spend weekends uh, taking the dead ducks and geese out of the cooler and stripping all the feathers and down off them. Um and uh, it was piecework, so it was fifty that's, cents a duck and a dollar a goose. That's that's a pretty um, horrible job, Mark. <laughs> it, it, it really was. For for I, I literally the, the entire time I had tears in my eyes because I, I, I again big animal lover. Um, and uh, then I got a job as a bottle boy, which back in the day when they had returnable bottles, that I would uh, go in and I would sort the bottles for them. Got promoted to bag boy, and then stock clerk, and then checker. And then ultimately took a position with the chain supermarket, and um, I worked my way up there from bag boy to store manager in a handful of years. So I, I hadn't had the chance to finish college. I didn't go back 
to go to college until I was 32 years old, Tom. So, but even mm-hmm. if I just stayed in, in the grocery industry, um, you know, which is a, it was a good job and it paid well. But I started my 401k when I was 18 years old. Um, and I sort of intuitively understood at least that I needed to have more money come in than went out. So I could do kind of a back of the napkin budget and a few other things. If I had never done anything other than that, then um, I still would have hit my financial goals. In fact, just a quick story. Um, when I was 18, um, probably within a month after starting, I was called into the manager's office. And he was explaining to me I was eligible for their 401k plan. And I remember saying to him, 401 what? And he <laughs> said, 401k. And, uh, and I said, what is it? And he said, it's a retirement plan. And I, I laughed. I was 18 years old. And I, and I said, why would I need to think about retirement? I'm 18 years old. Of course, I'm going to live forever. And uh, he said, well, you won't always be 18. And at some point in time, you will want to retire. So, <clears throat> you know, I said, okay, so what should I do? And he said, um, you know, he said, you should put as much money as you can afford. And you're young. And so you should probably be in very growth-oriented investments, probably in the stock market. Um, in hindsight, he probably had a high school education and didn't know anything about economics or the stock market, but he gave me the absolute best advice anyone could have given an 18-year-old at that point. And I did exactly what he said. Um, I worked for that company, Tom, for 16 years before I, I um, went back to college and received an undergrad in finance and a master's degree in finance, and then ultimately ended up working in finance. Um, and obviously, my, my income situation changed. But that 401k... Um, I rolled it over to um, an IRA and converted it to a Roth IRA um, after that 16 years. I've never contributed anything to it. It's just basically sat there like a bump on a log. Today, it's about $1.6 million. And that was from someone that started as a bag boy at 18 years old, uh, contributed to it for 16 years, and never did anything else. So can everybody become a millionaire? Absolutely, they can. Um, It's not going to happen overnight. And it does require some sacrifice and some planning. But to your point, everyone can do this. That's that's interesting because most people, what we hear is they have maybe a cushion of $400. They need a, roo- a new roof and, and they're dead broke. Yeah, and, and there's certainly people out there that are struggling. In this last year under the, with the COVID crisis and so forth, um, that probably, um, you know, people that were struggling to begin with probably put them in a worse situation. Um, so I don't disagree that there's a certainly segment of the population that, that is absolutely struggling and needs more help than others. But the book is about not just teaching people how to do this, but empowering people so that Whatever your situation is today, you know, whether you're um, on easy street and are happy with where you're at financially or whether you're that person that doesn't have $400 in the bank and is worrying about how you're going to make the payments that month, it can get better. And and that's really what what Pathway to Prosperity is about, is teaching them just a handful of things that they can do today that will put them in a much better position tomorrow let alone a year from now or five years from now or ten years from now. And that's really what what Pathway to Prosperity is about. Is an important part of it um, coming to terms with yourself and and building self-confidence? Did you ever doubt that you could achieve the goals you wanted to achieve? Um, (laughs) 
you know that's uh, you you uh, you should be a psychologist, Tom. That <laughs> <laughs> I was, you know, I had tremendous self-esteem and self-image issues when I was growing up, and again, and and it's because I felt inferior. I really did. Is that we again we lived in this horribly rundown one bedroom studio. I would not let anyone know where I live. I never brought a friend over to my house because I was just embarrassed um, about our living situation. And again, I always had self-esteem issues. And you know, if you're asking me what my competitive advantage was, the best thing for me, it was that. It was, it was growing up that way and not having things handed to me. Um, it made me work harder. It gave me a work ethic unlike any of my friends had um, because I was always terrified of being poor. It was never, Tom, it was never about being rich. It was about being, it was about never being poor and then having the peace of mind that comes with knowing that no matter what happened tomorrow, whatever bill came my way, because I don't know about you, but every single month I spend more money than I think I'm going to. My credit card bill when it comes in <laughs> is always higher <laughs> than what I think it's going to be. And but when you've you've got a, a stable financial situation and you've got a cash reserve and you know what your monthly cash flows are, um, you don't worry about those things. You just simply write the check. So um, I never I never questioned. I knew I had a work ethic. I, I never envisioned being in the financial position I am today. That, that to me that it was my goal was simply to not be in the position that my parents were in. In other words, to make sure that eventually that you know I was debt-free and had a cash reserve and was funding my 401k. And quite frankly, that would have been my definition of financial success, and it's really not that much different today. You know, I asked that question about self-confidence to uh, Jimmy Walker. Um, you remember him from Good Times, the kid oh, yeah. Dynamite. And he, he grew up in Harlem <laughs> and ended up with his picture on Time Magazine or, or one of the big magazines as Comedian of the Year. Um, and I asked him if, you know, it, it, what it was about him that allowed him to overcome his circumstance and he said what circumstance he said i lived like everybody else he said it it wasn't like we went to the hamptons on the weekends you know it, it was just mm -hmm. i i just went about being who i was it it wasn't that i was fighting to get out of anything or overcome anything he, that was just um that was just who I was, and, and I thought that was kind of interesting. He said he didn't have that feeling that you had of, of comparing yourself to the Joneses. You know, what, what a terrific attitude that, that he had. And, again, I was just I was insecure. And, again, it gave me some, some self-image and self-esteem issues um, that I just felt I had to work harder than, than the person next to me to be as good. Um, but, but that's again, the I, I interesting that. thing about you, Mark, is is that it it caused you to want to work harder, not give up. And and, and that's right. And, and I want to talk about that some more. But unfortunately, I have a break here. Mark, can you stick around for a few minutes so we can talk some more? Absolutely. All right. My guest is Mark Lazar, and uh, the name of the book is. Um, Pathway to uh, Prosperity, Your Guide to Money and Economics. We're going to let our broadcast partner squeeze in a few words, and then we'll be right back. Hello, darling. This is Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, with Tom Sumner. 
I'm Julie Lopez with Crime Stoppers. Have you ever wondered what to do if you have information about a crime or the whereabouts of a felony fugitive and you want the police to know but you need to remain anonymous? Well, here's what you can do. You can go to p3tips.com or download the mobile app. You can go to Crime Stoppers of Flint and Genesee County's Facebook page and click on the Leave an Anonymous Tip tab, or you can call 1-800-422-JAIL. All methods are anonymous, and if your help leads to a felony arrest, you may be eligible for a cash reward. Remember, your voice matters. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention is working to help keep you and your community safe from the threat of novel or new coronavirus. If you have traveled to a country with a widespread outbreak of COVID-19, CDC recommends you stay home and check your health for 14 days after returning to the United States. Take your temperature with a thermometer two times a day. Watch for symptoms like fever, cough, and trouble breathing. And if you feel sick or have symptoms, call ahead before you go to a doctor's office or emergency room. Tell the doctor about your recent travel and your symptoms and avoid contact with others. For more information, visit cdc.gov. Hey, this is Tom from the Tom Sumner Program. Catch me and a gaggle of great guests weekdays on Our Voices Radio, WFOVLP 92.1 FM. You never know who might drop by. Joe By from the Blue Hawaiian. Dan Serling. Congressman Dan Kildee. Alexander Zondrick. Actor, comedian Joe Napote. Woodrow Stanley. U.S. Senator Debbie Stabenow. State Senator Jim Ananick. Comedian Brian McCree. The unknown comic. Mark Farner. And Tom, I want you to know Tom's my friend. You, you've always got great questions, and you know the material, and you, and you care about it, and it's, uh, it's that's impressive. Nice to be with you, Tom. And I admire you for reading all of that. I haven't read the whole thing. I've got willing to admit that. <laughs> hey, Tom, this is my favorite interview all It's like having coffee at the kitchen table with you. Tune in Monday through Friday from 9 to 12 right here on 92.1 of a Kind. And check out our website at TomSumnerProgram.com. Yellow. Speaking. Oh, dear. Honey, our car warranty is expiring again. So soon? It just expired last week. You don't even own a car! Not now, Dana. Your father's on the phone. Hey! Mom and Dad, you're being scammed. It's a robocall. Scammers are using new technology and clever tactics to make more and more calls that look legitimate but are hard to trace. They can make it look like they're calling from any number, even from numbers of people you know. My robocall crackdown team is working with state and federal partners to stop the robocalls for good, but I need your guys' help. Don't trust your caller ID. Verify you're really talking to the person whose number appears when your phone rings. If you accidentally answer a robocall, hang up right away. Engaging in conversation will only lead to more calls. Use a call blocking app on your cell phone that stops robocalls before they interrupt your day. And if you do get a robocall, File a complaint with my office online at mi.gov slash robocalls. And mom, dad, please do not give your information out to these scammers over the phone. They're just trying to trick you. Well, at least they call. No, I get it. You're busy. But you know, Janine's daughter is a doctor. She calls every week. A doctor. I'm Michigan Attorney General Dana Nessel. Visit mi.gov slash agcomplaints for your connection to consumer protection. 
Hello, this is State Senator Jim Ananick, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. Hey, welcome back, everybody. We continue now with my conversation with the uh, author of a new book called Pathway to Prosperity, Your Guide to Money and Economics. And um, his name is Mark Lazar, and he uh, joins me by phone. Mark, welcome back. Thanks for sticking around, and sorry to make you sit through all that. Oh, happy to be here, Tom. Um, Mark, during the last segment and, and just before the break, we were talking a little bit about self-confidence and attitude and, and how much um, work ethic and, and other personal attributes play in uh, mapping out a way to be successful. Um, but what are some of the, uh, the, the basic traits that people need to encourage in themselves? And then what are some of the real basic steps we can take? Um, you know, do we, like Steve Martin, do we have to start with a million dollars or? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, terrific question. And, and that's really the point of the book is that um, everyone, everyone, can be prosperous again. They they won't necessarily be the next Bill Gates or Jeff Bezos or Mark Zuckerberg, but again, my definition of prosperity is probably different than others. My definition is um, the peace of mind that comes with financial stability of knowing that you've got a reasonable cash reserve and you've got more money coming in each month that goes out, and that you're making stable, consistent investments and in planning for retirement, and you make good life choices day to day. So, you know, what, what attributes um, I think are required, you, you really hit the highlights. You know, obviously that, that unless someone's born with a big trust fund, that we need to work, right? And, and that's actually good for society, is that, that um, and it's good for ourselves, is that, <clears throat> that I think that there's a lot of satisfaction that goes from if you've got a job that you're um, fairly rewarded is uh, you know a fair day's pay for a fair day's work, and um, so we do have to work. Um, so you have to be willing to, to sacrifice as well. And again, a sacrifice doesn't mean living like a pauper. It, it doesn't mean giving up all of life's choices. But it may mean that we need to decide and distinguish between wants versus needs. And I think that that's a, a hard thing for people today is that there's a lot of things that we may want, but they're not necessarily a need. And, and it's not to say that you can't have them, but maybe that's not the wisest course of action today. In other words, that you know, we'd all like to have a, a really fancy car and live in a big home and have design, <laughs> designer-label clothing. Ever since I was a little kid, Mark, I've always wanted a 1962 Rolls-Royce. I don't think I'll ever have one. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, and those are great dreams. They're powerful dreams. I think I talk about in the book that um, at one point my office was directly across the street from a Ferrari dealership. And... I think they're Ouch. magnificent cars. They're works of art. I mean, literally, and I'd be at my desk, you know, working away, and I would hear the throaty roar of a V12 Ferrari <laughs> engine directly across the street, and, of course, my head would snap around, and I'd, I'd look and see this beautiful, sexy Italian exotic sports car come, you know, rolling out of the truck, and they would always drive it around the block or two before bringing it back to the dealership. And, you know, it was pension to dream. And I thought, gosh, what, what sort of income or net worth would it require for me to have one of those cars? Because they're, they're just beautiful and magnificent cars. You know, whether I would actually do that or not, once I had that level of wealth is a story for another day. 
But I think that those dreams, whether it's a 62 Rolls Royce or a Ferrari a Spider, um, those are terrific dreams, right? They're inspirational. They're motivational for us. In other words, that we always have to have things to, to, to work for and towards. And so, um, you know, maybe delaying some of those decisions today for tomorrow, um, but doing the things today that, that, that keep, still keep us motivated, small little rewards along the way. So, you know, the, the ability to, and the willingness to go to work, um, maybe um, having discipline and not uh, buying all the things that we would like to today, uh, having some control of your finances, setting aside, paying yourself first, um, and making reasonable investments, um, and patience. That, that this happens, Tom. It happens for everybody. And it's the beauty of compound interest that uh, setting aside even a small amount of money today can have a massive difference in your life tomorrow. And, but, and this is clearly going to be beneficial for somebody who's younger rather than older, but sure. even somebody who's older can still make changes today that will put themselves in a better position uh, tomorrow, whether it's a year from now or five years from now. But we hear about, um, you know, people that's, that pay into and work on a retirement plan and then, you know, through some shift in the economy or some malfeasance by, you know, some uh, embezzler or something, they end up losing what they've put away. And I think that those stories discourage people from mm -hmm. trying to put money away and they say, to hell with that, I'm going to have what I want now. Yeah, I, to the I extent they can afford it. Right. I think that's a great observation. And, and it's unfortunate because I think that, that that's, a lot of that is misinformation. The book is about empowering you, that nobody decides for you. You do. And, and that's really what, what the book is about, is, is it, it basically hands the reins back to the reader. And, and so that, that the fault lies not with our stars, but with ourselves. Um, and so I can't control what happens around me, but I can control my behaviors. And so that's really what Pathway to Prosperity is about, is, is teaching people not just how to understand how money works to your very first question, but the about a dozen things that they can do, that they can do, um, that will have a massive difference over time, regardless of, of what's happening in Washington, <clears throat> regardless of, of what they may hear in schools or read in a newspaper, that you have the power to change your life, regardless of what they're doing. So, um, again, there's no magic to money. It, it's really not that complicated, contrary to what what uh, our, the world and, and industry in which I work would like you to believe. We want you to think that it's complicated. It really isn't. Um, and I again, just you find don't have it to be a stock guru. I, I just find it, you know, interesting. Um, you know, I follow a lot of news, and and we hear whether it was then President Trump or now President Biden will start trying to talk about upticks in the economy, and you know, we hear that the economy is booming and racing, and there's always this little voice in the back of my head that says, "Not in my neighborhood." <laughs> <laughs> and and you know i think people look at wall street and feel like that's an economy they're not in mm -hmm. that there are two economies 
the haves and the have-nots. And and you mm-hmm. said something in the last segment that I wanted to go back and pick up on because I think this has something to do with my next question, which is about what the starting line looks like. You said you used to budget on a paper napkin. Mm-hmm. What what does the starting line look like? Somebody says, you know, oh, I heard Mark Lazar on Tom Sumner's show the other day, and, you know, he said this, you know, that... that there's a way that anybody can do better. And uh, he's got this whole new book about it. But how much money do they have to have, you know, to, to, to start behaving differently? You know, uh, and that's a terrific question. Um, but whether somebody has a positive net worth, Tom, or a negative net worth, that, 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 that a better tomorrow starts today regardless of, of, and a lot of people in this country have negative net worths. Um, you look at a lot of these uh, kids that are graduating from college, um, <laughs> they, they owe more than they have, right? And so, so what's the value if you look at their balance sheet? Um, they may have you know, $100,000 worth of student loans, but the one thing that doesn't show up on their, their balance sheet is human capital. In other words, that, that hopefully, hopefully, when they went to college, um, they got a degree in something that is going to pay them um, an adequate wage and compensation package. Um, and so that where's the starting point? The starting point is today. It's about empowering yourself, making sure that you understand the basics of how money works. Um, and it's really, it's really not that complicated. The very first finance book I read, I'll never forget, was a book called The Richest Man in Babylon. And a friend <laughs> had given it to me years and years ago. And um, I suspect you probably have... have heard about the book or read it no but i love the title it, it's it's a terrific book and it, it's about a two-hour read it's told in parable form and and um you know basically that it, it takes place in, in in ancient babylon and the the ruler of babylon calls his wealthiest citizen uh, before him and says you know during you know, prosperous times during times of despair you're 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 always wealthy what's your secret and he has just a handful of basic principles that he lives by and there's, there's nothing magical about them. Pay yourself first, um, keep a cash reserve, uh, make reasonable investments, uh, invest in yourself, give yourself um, an education or career or skill set that's going to allow you to earn a better than average wage or income, ensure the things that are of value to you, really basic things. Pathway to Prosperity really takes that book, uh, those principles to the next level, teaches the concepts behind them, and then the application to them. So the starting point, Tom, your, to your question, um, regardless of whether you whether you you have a, a six-digit net worth or seven-digit net worth, or you have a negative net worth, you owe more than you you own. That um, starting point is today. It, it's it's giving yourself a basic understanding of how money works and changing your behavior, the things that you can control. We can't control what happens in Washington. We can't control if. if Someone, some nefarious character like Bernie Madoff ends up absconding money from, from you know, trusting individuals. Um, but by changing our behaviors, we take control of tomorrow. So um, we can't control what happens around us, but we can control the things that we do today. And what are some, some simple things? I, I mean, most people have a budget. Um, it's it's almost as if there are a lot of people out there, Mark, that are finding enough work to pay the bills they know they already have. How do they turn 
that around is 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 the goal wrong to set the goal at at meeting what's already expected of you or do you need to push that up a little bit and say you know what I need to find enough work to make a little bit more than what I need it's a, that's an absolute great observation that um, you're right I think a lot of people in this country get by um, and they get comfortable and, and that's okay um, but I think that it's important that they know that they're on the right track for a better tomorrow. In other words, that um, I talk to people on a regular basis that um, they're paying the bills, and to your one of your very first observations is that they might have four hundred dollars <laughs> in the right, bank. Right, right. That's not an, that's not enough. And so, um, in Pathway to Prosperity, I talk about what those numbers look like. In other words, that that if you're not uh, if you don't have three months to six months worth of savings. In other words, if a person spends 4000 a month for between rent, utilities, and gas, and food, and so forth, um, that person probably needs at least about 12000 to maybe $24,000 in the savings. If you don't have that, you need to do something a little bit different. And perhaps that means taking on a second job. Perhaps it means working more hours at your present job. Perhaps it means looking for a job that's going to pay you what you're truly worth. Perhaps it means going to school and getting a better education or some additional credentials that will allow you to earn a higher pay. So in other words, it's taking control and, and that how do you improve your cash flows? You do it one of three ways. You either make more money, you spend less money, or ideally both, right? So in other words, that, that um, I think budgeting is pretty easy if we really understand it. You, you, you made a comment that, that most people sort of have a budget. The, the statistics actually say otherwise, surprisingly, that only less than a third of, of Americans have a budget. They really know what comes in every month and what goes out every month. And, and I believe that number because the, the folks that I work with, um, rarely if ever does somebody come to me and understand what their, their monthly budget looks like. In other words, what do they spend each and every month? And it's easy to remember, Tom, that the big things, right? We know what our mortgage is. We know what, what our car payment might be or a student loan might be or what the utility bills run. But it's the irregular and extraordinary expenses that come up. And I don't know about you, but those seem to come up a lot for me. Uh, that it's the, the unexpected home repair or that the car breaks down right. uh, or that uh, there's a death in the family and you've got, you've got several thousand dollars worth of travel expenses to get to and from a funeral that you just hadn't planned on. And that's why everybody needs a cash reserve. That's why, and, and having a budget is a more formal, a more formal process or approach to saying to sharpen the pencil. How do I free up more cash flows each month that either can be directed towards increasing cash reserve, increasing investments, paying down debt, or perhaps if you've got the basis covered, then you can increase your consumption. Now it goes, it goes back to what we talked about earlier, buying, saving the money for that 62 Rolls Royce. Well, and, and and the other thing too is, is investment a necessary part of of building that cushion, or can people earn their way to prosperity? A, a little of both. Um, you know, Albert Einstein very famously said that uh, compound interest was the eighth wonder of the world, <laughs> and he's right about that. Um, that. It was you know, also that, uh, said he couldn't figure out how to do his taxes. <laughs> well, uh, I, I can certainly relate to him on that. Um, <laughs> our tax code is probably one of the most complicated things that I've, I've ever encountered. 
Um, and so that it's both it, rarely, Tom, does somebody have the, the earning capacity to just save. And, and especially if we look at things today that you and I grew up at a time when, you know, the average interest rate on savings or checking or a short-term CD might have been 5 or 6% and inflation probably averaged 3 or 4%. So you at least had some real rate of return. In other words, your, your money actually was growing at a rate faster than the rate of, of the cost of goods and services. That's not true today, that inflation now is running about 5.5% year over year, and your average checking account is paying less than one-tenth of one percent. So, you know, unless somebody <laughs> is making many, many hundreds of thousands of dollars a year, they're not going to be able to save their way to prosperity, that you're going to have to rely on certain investments um, that will compound over time. And again, and this is where someone who's younger has an advantage over somebody who is our age that doesn't have quite as much runway, but somebody who's in their 20s, 30s, or even 40s has plenty of time to let, let the, the, the wonders of compound interest do what they do best. Um, and, and that means that they're going to have to set money aside in things not in checking or saving, but their long-term money. Their long-term money needs to be in, in investments that will do that very same thing, compound. And the stock market is probably one of the best places people can put their money over time. Are CDs a good thing to, to do and start? Uh, they were when you and I were younger. Um, you know, we both remember a time when um, CDs were paying, you know, 12, 13, 14% yeah. interest. Of course, infl inflation was about 10 or 12% at the time as well back. And this is in the late 70s, very early 80s. That's not true today. So unfortunately, CDs, that the rate of interest that you earn on a certificate of deposit, which is a, a short-term time deposit issued by banks or FDIC insured, um, is less than the rate of inflation, and not just a little bit less, Tom, but a lot less. So I, I, do I recommend CDs at times uh, for people? Absolutely, I do. But it's only for something that is ultra short-term. So in other words, if you said that you had an absolute um, need to pay off, say, a mortgage a year from now, or you had a, a, an event of 50000 or 100000 putting that money in a CD to pay that off makes really good sense. Um, you wouldn't want to put it in the stock market or real estate because you don't know that, that it's going to be worth more a year from now uh, than what you owe. That's where CD would make good sense. Your long-term money needs to be in things that can compound. And when I say long-term money, that's money that's probably at least five to ten years or longer. really should be in a diversified stock portfolio or perhaps real estate or some combination of the two. Is real estate still a, a solid investment? It, it kind of wasn't there for a little bit. <laughs> Everything goes through cycles. Uh, you know, and you, you, you know, you make a great observation. Obviously, people that bought real estate in 2005 or six, uh, you know, suffered major losses. But interestingly, Tom, interestingly, if you look at where real estate prices, if you bought a, a home in 2006 uh, to the early 2007, which is one of the worst times that you could have bought property, but if you were able to hold on to it, if you, if you did a fully documented loan, you put 20% down and you continued to make your payments, in almost every part of the country, that home is worth more today than it was then. So time tends to heal all wounds, even if your timing sucks. Um, you know, a good <laughs> example of that is that, that you, know, you remember the tech bubble, right? The tech, yeah. the tech stocks were all the rage in the late 90s, and, and everybody was buying dot-com stocks, and it seemed real sexy and exciting. And, and by the way, this is the, the way that you know that, that something is in a bubble is when you start getting stock tips from your cab driver. You start getting stock tips from your hairdresser. 
you know, or from your, your gardener that, that they're giving you stock tips. That's when you know that, that something's in a bubble. And everybody was buying tech stocks and dot-com stocks and so forth. And um, so the stock market in March of 2000, uh, March of 2000, between March of 2000 and October of 2002, fell 50%. So let's say a person had invested, let's say for fun, $100,000, and they had the misfortune of being the worst market timer in the world. Their $100,000 within about 18 months or so dropped to $50,000. But, but if they were able to leave it alone, close their eyes, hold their nose, and, and white-knuckle it, that eight years later, that 50000 not only recovered to 100000 it doubled to $200,000. So even if they had invested in the stock market at the worst possible time um, and they held it for 10 years, they effectively doubled their money or averaged about 7%. So this goes back to my, my previous comment that time tends to heal all wounds. Uh, in the short run, markets are horribly volatile, and that includes the real estate market as well. That It can go down just as quickly as it can go up. But if you bought it at a reasonable, made a reasonable investment and held it for at least 10 years or longer, almost always throughout history, you've had a, a very nice rate of return. Should you consult a professional when you're investing? Um, my advice would be yes. Um, I think it starts with, with educating yourself first. Um, and for the average person, Tom, you know, just starting out, uh, if my typical advice for the average person is that, you know, if you're working for a company that has a 401k or some sort of salary deferral plan, that's the best place to start because most companies offer a company match and, and you get basically free money that for most of, I've been very fortunate because for most of my career, almost every employer I work with has matched my 401k contribution. So if I contributed 6%, they contributed 6%. And you know, I would have been foolish not not to have taken advantage of that. That's the the best place to start. And then, if someone has money left over, then fund a Roth IRA. That's going to grow tax free uh, if you um, hold that money until retirement age, 59 and a half or above. Well, that's like earning an extra 30 percent, roughly, because it's free from federal and state taxes. Um, so those are probably the two best places to start. Once somebody is acquiring um, sufficient wealth over and above their 401k and IRA, absolutely, I think it makes really good sense uh, to sit down with a financial advisor. Um, but the, the problem is most financial advisors won't take somebody on. They, they, they charge a fee based on assets under management. And so going back to your previous comment, that person that may be starting you know, with the zero net worth or perhaps even negative net worth, they're probably not real likely to, to, to visit with somebody or, or take that person on. And again, and that's why I wrote Pathway to Prosperity. It's not for the person who has a, a seven-digit net worth. It's for that person who has a zero net worth to empower them and to teach them the things that they need to know today. Mark, we've got to end it there, and I feel like we've just scratched the service. The book is uh, Pathway to Prosperity by Mark Lazar. Uh, Mark, very quickly, in, in about 30 seconds or so, where can people go to learn more about you and the book and, and so on? Um, you can go to the website. It's pathwaytoprosperity.com, um, and the book is available both there and on Amazon. Well, Mark, thanks for spending this time with me this morning and, and sharing your thoughts with me and the listeners. I appreciate it very much. Tom, it's been an absolute pleasure. Take care. 
That was, uh, again, Mark Lazar. The book is uh, Pathway to Prosperity. We'll have more with the final segment of today's show right after this. Hey, <laughs> this is the Unknown Comic, and guess what? You're listening to the Tom Sumner Show right now, and now, and now too, and even now. Our lives have been turned upside down by COVID-19. When a vaccine becomes available, it's critical that all of us get it. What we do as individuals will impact everyone's health, including those who can't get the vaccine. We won't get through this unless everyone takes part. Now is the time to get up to date on all recommended vaccines for both kids and adults. Experts say it's more important than ever for everyone to get their flu vaccine this year. And if you're older, you should get both the flu and pneumonia vaccines, since both illnesses can make COVID-19 even worse. Vaccines are available at a lot of convenient places, so be an example for friends and loved ones and encourage them to get vaccinated too. We all want to reunite, travel, and get back to school and work. But that means we all need to get on board. This is the time to do what's right for each other. Get vaccinated. It's our best shot. Hey, this is Tom from the Tom Sumner Program. Catch me and a gaggle of great guests weekdays on Our Voices Radio, WFOVLP 92.1 FM. You never know who might drop by. Joe Biden from the Blue Lions. Dan Serling. Congressman Dan Kildee. Alexander Zondrick. Actor, comedian Joe Napote. Woodrow Stanley. U.S. Senator Debbie Stabenow. State Senator Jim Ananick. Comedian Brian McCree. The unknown comic. Mark Farner. And Tom, I want you to know Tom's my friend. You, you've always got great questions, and you know the material, and you, and you care about it, and it's, uh, it's, that's impressive. Nice to be with you, Tom. And I admire you for reading all of that. I haven't read the whole thing. I'm willing to admit that. <laughs> hey, Tom, this is my favorite interview all always. It's like having coffee at the kitchen table with you. Tune in Monday through Friday from 9 to 12 right here on 92.1 of a kind and check out our website at TomSumnerProgram.com East Village Magazine is the monthly neighborhood magazine read all over Flint. With support from grants, donations, and advertisers, East Village Magazine's talented local writers give you an in-depth look at local news, issues, and people that make Flint, Flint. Copies of East Village Magazine are available at many of your favorite shops and restaurants around Flint or online at eastvillagemagazine.org. East Village Magazine, community-focused and community-supported. Discoveries. They happen when we least expect them in places we thought we knew. And discoveries have a way of teaching us a little more about ourselves along the way. Welcome to Flint and Genesee County. Where up north meets down south. Home to Michigan's largest county park system and a vibrant culture. A place filled with discoveries we've yet to make. Throughout acres of beautiful lakes, wetlands, and woods. And in the diverse city beyond. Where the uplifting melodies of gospel choirs fill the air. Where the work of renowned artists color the galleries and museums. Where the fresh fruits and vegetables at the downtown farmer's market awaken our senses and where the cultural center and planetarium broaden our view of the world. Let's spend a few days enjoying the wonders of Flint and Genesee County, where the joy of discovery is pure Michigan. Your trip begins at michigan.org. 
MTA Flint is nationally recognized for continually seeking to provide sustainable, reliable, and cost-efficient transportation for individuals throughout the region. Through work-related and non-emergency medical transportation and your ride services, MTA is moving people with future and alternative fuel technologies. More information about MTA Flint and specialized services is available at mtaflint.org. The uneasy feeling Rod Serling is behind one of those doors. Rod Serling. Rod Serling. What's this, the Twilight Zone? Where is everybody? I would have been headed for the Twilight Zone. Twilight Zone. If I go any lower, I'll be in the Twilight Zone. All right. All oh, the Jethro's right at home in the Twilight Zone. <laughs> I'm in the Twilight Zone. Now, having made this little jaunt into the Twilight Zone, I got a feeling something strange is about to happen in the Twilight Zone. Hi, this is Ann Serling, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. Welcome to this presentation of the Comedy Spotlight on the Tom Sumner Program. We are in the process of buying a home. And you deal, when you buy a home, you deal with realtors, you see. Now, realtors are people who did not make it as used car salesmen, you see. (laughs) This... You see, you see the ads, and you say, honey, this is our dream house. Then you go out to it, you see, and you meet the realtor, and he comes on like this. Well, hi there. Well, here she is. Boy, somebody's going to steal this little beauty, you know. Uh, I'm, I'm not supposed to tell you this, but uh, this baby is priced way below the market. Way below. This the wife, is it? How, how do you do? Brecksnyder. John Brecksnyder. Oh, look at is that. Is that the little baby? How, how old? 14 months. Huh? Boy, she, she's going she's gonna to break a lot of hearts when she gets older. A <laughs> 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 L- uh, little boy, is it? Uh, Wonderful. <laughs> uh, Wonderful. You always hate to give him the first haircut, don't you? <laughs> well, there she is. Boy, is, is that a beauty? Hmm? Yeah, there she is. It's, yeah, this is, this is what we call rustic. Hmm? This, is, this is kind of your rustic home. Well, of course, that's a question of semantics. You know, uh, when does it uh, quit becoming rustic and, and start becoming ramshackle? You know, it's <laughs> kind of hard to... It's a, it's a wonderful family home. Though. It's got uh, seven, uh, seven bedrooms and one bath. <clears throat> Anyone with any imagination or, or, or happens to own a contracting business could just, just, do, uh, just do wonders with this house. It's, yeah, this is uh, three quarters of an acre. Mm-hmm. Well, not actually, well, come over the cliff here. Let, let me show you where... <laughs> <clears throat> where your property runs. You see, you, see down, you see the road way down there? That is all your land, all the way down to the road. I mean, I mean somebody, you know, somebody's car stalls and they start to lean on the cliff there, you can just say, hey, get off that land. That, that's, that's my land, you see? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, you, you, you saw the ad, did you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is, uh, you got the view of the ocean and, and the view of the valley. It's very, very rare. The, the ocean view. Um, yeah, you want to uh, you come over here by the, by the cliff. That's the way. Yeah, you just, 
Just get down, you see? Uh-huh. Now, can you see between the boughs there? There, there's, do you see the ocean? Wait a minute, wait a minute. There, there it is, you see it? You see it that time? Uh, pe people tell me, the people that own this house, they tell me they used to come out here, you know, Sunday afternoon and uh, get down on all fours and crouch and just, just, just watch the ocean and uh, all, all your troubles just seem to float away, you know? <laughs> just wonderful. The Valley View, yeah. Listen, you want to boost your wife on my shoulders? Let, let me show you the, the, va the Valley View. It's, it's, kind of a, it's kind of a Frank Lloyd Wright uh, kind, of, kind of feeling the home gives you. You know, it just kind of seems to fit, uh, you know, seems to flow uh, right, right into, the, right into the, the atmosphere. As a matter of fact, the back of the house is starting to flow. I, I think it's... Yeah. Oh, and... Uh, uh, pardon? No, the people that lived here before tell me that uh, you, you can hardly hear uh, anything from the sheet metal plant across the street there. Yeah, they say they, they hardly even knew it was here. Uh -huh. Now, uh, folks... I did, folks, I didn't explain about the kitchen. Folks, folks, folks. I wanted to get some new girlfriends, so I went and bought. A Mercedes Benz, a waste of money. Eight thousand bucks down the drain. I thought the girls would get wild and reckless, so I bought cultured pearls and a diamond necklace, a waste of money. That cost me four thousand more They were returned I got no girls they repossessed Both the car and the pearls I styled my hair just like Cary Grant's Bought a pair of those new tight pants A waste of money Household finance took my pants <laughs> The female gender I just don't get it Just when I'm out of both cash and credit I found a honey And this is what's funny She don't need my money She works for household finance This was another comedy spotlight on the Tom Sumner program Sumner 
program.com The Tom Sumner Program.com From the Tom Sumner Show Oh is a public service announcement. Election day is near. Go to the polls and vote. Vote for the Kennedy of your choice, but vote. That wraps it up for today's edition of the Tom Sumner Program, but with a reminder that today is Election Day. It's a uh, special midterm, or uh, not midterm, what do you call it, uh, off-year election. But in the city of Flint, it's the primary for the Flint City Council. And uh, the polls will be open until about 8 o'clock. So um, don't do what we often do in uh, off-year elections, especially for primaries, and and uh, just skip over and wait for the general. Go ahead and and get out and cast your vote today. I want to say thanks to all the guests that were on the show today, um, including very interesting conversation with Mark Lazar, author of Pathway to Prosperity, Your Guide to Money and Economics. We'll be talking about economics some more tomorrow morning on the show with uh, um, economist Chris Douglas from the University of Michigan Flint. He'll be joining us. And my apologies, I had initially posted and uh, and promoted that I was going to be talking with Bill Hillman about his uh, uh, new memoir, The Pueblos, My Quest to Run 101 Bull Runs in the Small Towns of Spain. We weren't able to get through today for that interview but we'll try to reschedule i hope you enjoyed the uh, encore with ross terrell from harvard about uh, his experiences from the australian bush to tiananmen square um, and and uh, all of his thoughts about uh, china and u.s china relations and a very fun conversation this morning with the uh, with uh, the author taylor uh, mejia taylor k um, Mejia, uh, the author of uh, Pola Santiago and the Forest of Nightmares, which is the second in the uh, Pola Santiago series. And uh, anyway, it was a fun conversation. Don't forget tomorrow's Wednesday, which means armchair politics. I'm sure we'll be talking about the outcomes from races in Flint and Detroit and maybe around the country. Uh, with our roundtable regulars, Paul Rosicki and Henry Hatter, joined by uh, Janworth Nelson from East Village Magazine to round out the roundtable for our weekly uh, commentary and analysis about local, state, and national news headlines in the world of politics and current events. So join us tomorrow. That's Smokin' George telling me to head on down to the living room. Good night, everybody. The Tom Sumner Program is a live variety show. We want to acknowledge all of our guests who play such an important role in the show and our cavalcade of cohorts from coast to coast for their regular contributions. Most of the musical accompaniment was provided by people in or from the Flint area. 
Many of the pre-recorded portions of the Tom Sumner program are made possible by Flint's own Steve McComb and Pencil Sketch Recording in Nashville, Tennessee. If you have comments, questions or suggestions about the show, find us on Facebook. This is Prue Clearwater. Join us next time for another edition of the Tom Sumner Program. And thanks for listening.